Hello, and welcome back to the Court Sounds Podcast. After a bye week for the pod, we're back and we're talking to our first active University of Hawaii player, now that the Rainbow Warriors have incredibly gotten off their first two Big West Conference games of this very strange season. Senior forward Kazdan Jardine had one of the most efficient games you'll ever see. 26 points on 10 for 12 shooting, 9 rebounds and a couple of assists in the second of two back-to-back games at UC Riverside. The 6'7 co-captain who came in from Utah Valley helped UH get to the cusp of a road sweep only for Arunze Cheatham to hit a lefty hook shot with 2.1 seconds left and send the Rainbow Warriors home with a split. Jardine, or Chef Boy Jardine as he goes on social media, has been a well-traveled staple. He did a two-year church mission to Brazil coming out of high school in Idaho and has since played for four different colleges, including three at the Division I level. So far, it looks like a pretty good fit for Hawaii. Jardine is 12th nationally in field goal percentage at 65.6 and leads the country in three-point percentage, 68.75. He's 11 for 16 from three after his four for four in the rematch at UCR. Now, UH faces a talented, athletic, energetic Cal State Bakersfield team new to the Big West at Simplify Arena this Friday and Saturday. The Roadrunners are 3-1 and one in conference and have played 11 games overall going 7-4. and four compared to UH's 3-1 and 1-1 and one and one of the Big West. Should be interesting. So here we go with UH's new stretch four man, Kazdan Jardine. Check out Mike and Kara at Nokaoi Automotive in Kalihi for all your vehicle repairs and maintenance needs. Quick turnaround, affordable, honest, and ASE certified. Call or text 842-6453 to schedule an appointment today. That's 842-MIKE or email nokaoiauto at gmail.com. The best part? Mention the Court Sense podcast for a 10% discount. Okay, Kazdan Jardine, welcome to the Court Sense podcast, and thank you for being the first member of this current Rainbow Warriors basketball team to come on the pod. Awesome. Thank you, man. I'm happy to be here. Well, Kazdan, please first tell me um, just what the last couple days have been like for, for you and your teammates. You get back from this road trip, this dual road trip just to UC Riverside. You play in consecutive days conference games, which had never before happened uh, in the Big West for Hawaii, maybe going back to some of its very early conference days, I, I'd have to check. But what was that like to 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 do and be a part of that? Yeah, honestly, um, well, first of all, you know, in the COVID world, it was it was one thing in and of itself. But you know, just the back to back days is something that is is a different machine. You know, like it's a it's a different, it's a totally different feel of basketball in regards to uh, how conference usually goes about. You know because it's always the, the first time you play a team in conference. It's, it's fun. It's exciting. You know, there's tons of energy. And then however that game goes, usually it's okay. Well, forget about them right now because we've got, you know, so-and-so in two days, you know, wherever it, wherever it is, but now it's whatever game you just had, win or lose, whoever played well, whoever didn't. Okay. Forget that. We have them again tomorrow. Let's make adjustments. What are we going to do? Um, so going through this conference season is going to be a, a totally new experience for all of us. I mean, whether you're a freshman or a senior, nobody has experienced conference play like it is right now. 
Gotcha. You, you know, like in non-conference tournaments, say, and conference tournaments, of course, you have that, that back-to-back days, games yeah. scenario, right? Of course, it's always with a different opponent from, yeah. from day to day. So I have to imagine there's all kinds of machinations. And like, I, I can't even imagine what the coaching staff did the night after your first game, just probably being up into the wee hours of the morning, breaking down film and trying to figure out what some of their adjustments could be. What was it like for you guys as players after that first game, preparing for, I guess, game two, maybe the, the morning of, like, mm-hmm. for Riverside? Yes. I mean, so we, we played that game. We got back to the hotel. And then um, from that point on, it was hydrate, eat, get treatment, you know, do whatever we had to do with, uh, with our trainer um, to make sure that our bodies were, were ready to go for the next day. Uh, it was a quick turnaround. And uh, whatever, you know, if you had a dead leg that game, you didn't have a, a day or two to, to stretch it out. It was, let's get it done right now, uh, get mentally ready. Uh, and, it, you know, like quick turnaround is, is, is a very, very highly used word, I'd say, from, from this trip. It's just got to be ready to go the next day. So, Yeah, no kidding. So how extensive, Kazdan, would you say the – just some of the X's and O's differences you guys – prepared for, tried to execute from, because of course you're expecting the same thing from the Highlanders, right? For sure. Yeah. You know, uh, the, that's so that, I mean, Saturday morning, everybody was up, we had breakfast, we had, you know, team film and, you know, the film that we were watching was not of any other game except for the game we just had, you know, it wasn't like the day before where we were watching Riverside play, whoever, whoever, it was them playing us. So the film was 100% applicable. It was 100% what we could do better, what we did well. And so, I mean, the game plan was just solidified and revamped so that, we you know, we had to do better on so-and-so. We had to do better on so-and-so. We had to rebound better. We had to do this. And so it was just, it was, it was pretty cool to have, you know, that experience of that turnaround of preparation from the day before now being so much more, valid and viable going into the next day with the same team. Sure. And you, you guys are going to have that same experience for each and every one of these big West mini series yeah. for the rest of the season, as many as you guys can get in. Of course you had the, the first series against Cal Poly canceled. Unfortunately, they could not make yeah. the trip out to the, uh, to the islands, uh, to the simplify arena, um, you know, Bakersfield, Cal state Bakersfield, a new big West team is the, the team you guys are, are scheduled to, to face here this weekend and they uh, are coming off a, a sweep of Cal Poly. So um, mm-hmm. challenging opponent uh, on paper coming in one that Hawaii has never seen before in conference. Uh, Kazdan, you are a guy that it was making kind of your, your name here in these last couple games. Of course you got in the two uh, non-conference uh, division two opponent games mm-hmm. at the stand sheriff. So local fans could see, see you on TV there probably a little bit harder for people to see you in this game. It was a, a web stream only game, yeah. uh, you know, diehards like me are, are tuning in, you know, <laughs> old media types, of course. But yeah. um, for everyone who, who couldn't see you, I, I just want to say that that was one of the more uh, efficient games I, I've seen of a player in, in the last several years. I think you shot 10 for 12, made all of your three-point field goal attempts, four for four, uh, nine rebounds, couple assists, no turnovers, uh, did everything you could to to kind of carry your team uh, to the finish line in that one. Of course, it went down to the, the final buzzer. Orinze Cheatham hits a, a hook shot with two seconds left to put Riverside over the top. But uh, uh, what was just kind of your thought on that that second of the two just from a, a personal standpoint? 
Uh, you know, it, it felt great. Um, it felt really good because at no point in the game did I ever feel like I was forcing anything, you know, because previous games in my career where, you know, like I felt like I had it going, you always, I felt like I had those moments of like, ah, maybe shouldn't have shot that one or, you know, that was a heat check or, you know, something like that. But I really felt like in that second game, um, I really felt like they were all good shots. I felt like they were in rhythm. They were in, you know, in what we were doing in the offense and at the, at the moments that we needed them most. So I felt really good about that. And it felt good to uh, solidify myself that I, I'm not just a three point shooter. You know, it's made me, you know, a lot more confident in myself going forward that if a team tries to run me off the three point line, I have other, other assets that I can use in order to, you know, help our team to win. So hopefully we can be able to, to continue to use me that way going forward. Yeah, that last shot you made, that was a mid-range. It looked like, um, like a one-legged step back almost. Uh, was, that, was that the one? Uh, is yeah. that in the regular repertoire? Uh, I usually prefer it on the other side of the basket over on the, on the left block, but I had it on the right block and just that felt right. And I was feeling it during the game, and so I'm, I'm glad it went down. Well, uh, Kazden, how did you guys feel as a team, you know, resulting in the split? Of course, you wanted the sweep, but uh, – that first Big West road trip, you, you win the opener by five, 88-83 in a game you guys uh, led most of the way and, and turned back some, some Riverside charges. In that second game, you guys came from down double digits, led four late, and really had an opportunity yeah. there. So in the end, how did you guys feel going home with the split? Um, you know, like you just said, we wanted, we wanted the, 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 the road sweep for sure. Um, but I think, I think that loss is actually going to end up being good for us. We got some good film from it. Um, plays that we we didn't make, plays that we need to make. Um, I think it's going to be good. We have some young guards who who just need experience. You know, we have we have some young players who have so much potential that you know need to need to make the wrong play and see it on tape so that we can you know be better going forward. And um, me being a senior, me you know being one of the being the oldest guy on the team for sure. Uh, I understand that, you know, you got to, you have to make mistakes in order to learn. You have to make mistakes in order to grow. So I hope that, you know, we can all have that mentality of chip on our shoulder. Now, if we didn't get the sweep, you know, we've got, we've still got, you know, a lot to prove. So I think that that'll be good for us going forward. Kazan, you are an older guy. I know you're married. Uh, <laughs> you mm-hmm. uh, have gone on a two year church mission before, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, before you started your college career. Yes. So um, how old are you, Kaz and Jardine? I am 24 years old. I'll be 25 in April. All right. Uh, that actually doesn't sound too old. I think yeah. Gibson Johnson, I think, might have been older than that when he played here. So uh-huh. um, that, that kind of yeah. takes me to my next question for you, Kazden, is uh, what, what made Hawaii, you know, the place that you wanted to, to play this senior year of college basketball of course, if you want, you have an additional senior year of college basketball after this because of the NCAA's uh, across the board a waiver of eligibility for this year. So, um, you know, you were, co- you were coming from Utah Valley, place you averaged double figures last year under Coach Mark Madsen. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are some ties there, I should mention, on, on that Utah Valley staff, a guy named Todd Okeson, yep. the director of basketball operations here under Coach Gannott for a couple of years. Uh, even Shane Swift, the video coordinator, yep. uh, was yep. out here at Hawaii. I, may, yep. I might even be missing one or two other little Hawaii ties. How how did all that play out to you coming here, Kazdan? Uh, you know, um, the, the ties to Hawaii didn't 
you know, didn't play much and me actually ending up here. Um, but honestly, you know, last year when I was at Utah Valley University, uh, that whole coaching staff was new to me. Um, I transferred from Boise State originally to Utah Valley University, and I committed to the staff of Mark Pope, you know, Cody Feger, uh, Burgess, who are now all at BYU. Um, so I committed to that staff, went to UVU, and I redshirted under that staff of the staff that I had, you know, gone to UVU uh, to play for. So at the end of my redshirt season, all of that went down and that whole entire staff left and went to BYU um, along with, you know, Coach Daniels, who ended up at Weber State. Uh, so going into my, my redshirt junior year, my year that I'm eligible to play again, um, having worked my butt off all year to, you know, get better to, to be ready to play, uh, we had a whole new staff come in, you know, where I had to reprove myself and had a whole new team trying to prove themselves to the coaching staff and the coaching staff coming in, wanting to do what they wanted to do. And, you know, like it's basketball, it's a business. And, you know, we, as players, we're just assets to the business that we say, yes, yes, coach, you know, and, and do what we're supposed to do and we're supposed to play. And that's what we do. Um, but, you know, having the opportunity that I had as a graduate senior, um, I just really wanted it to be my decision on where I was going to play my final year of college basketball. When I put my name in the transfer portal, I wasn't even set on leaving UVU. I just wanted to know my options. I wanted to know, you know, where I was going to end up and what would be the best fit for me. And so as that process, you know, panned out, University of Hawaii um, was actually came into play really early on. They were one of the early schools to hit me up, but I actually had to work with my wife quite a bit because she was like, no, that's an ocean away. Like that's so far. Like, I don't think I can do that. And so I didn't really entertain it super seriously for the first bit. But as I talked more and more with the coaching staff, you know, they, they talked about the fit that I would be here and the role that I would be and how they needed me and saw my potential and saw me as a shooter, but also saw me, saw me as a scorer and as a playmaker you know, all those things, you know, made me feel like it could be a place where I could excel and be a successful basketball player. And um, also to have a, a one-year opportunity in a master's program of finance was, was huge for me as well, because I didn't, I don't want to do a two-year, a two-year master's, I didn't want to do a two-year two-year master's program. So that was huge for me. So there was a lot of things that played into me ending up here, but um, overall, it just ended up being what felt right and where I could see myself being successful. Well, I mentioned, mentioned Gibson Johnson, and I had him on the pod a few weeks ago, yes. and he mentioned that uh, your family, uh, or I'm sorry, his family knows you pretty well, something like you would be over there playing ball on the weekends with maybe <laughs> one of his brothers or something like that. Uh, yeah. Can, can you elaborate on that connection? And, I mean, knowing a guy who was on, you know, the extended coaching staff here, did that, that help at all? For sure. Um, you know, so I – Gibson Johnson is actually – he was the last one of his family that I met, that I got to know. Um, I played basketball firsthand with, at UVU with his brother, McKay. And then the next year, I played with another brother of his, Lewis, at UVU. And then I met the other siblings through them. And like he said, yeah, I, I was over at the Johnson house. We'd have game nights. You know, my wife and I would go over there and hang out with them. You know, we like because I'm, I'm really close with McKay, one of his brothers. Um, and so we've just been good friends throughout my whole time in Utah. And 
then when my name got put in the portal, all of a sudden I'm getting contacted by another Johnson who's at you, who's at Hawaii. And it was just funny because yeah, it definitely was a comforting thing, especially for my wife to know that, you know, there'd be someone that we knew not necessarily personally, but we knew the family so well that like we knew what Gibson was going to be like. So um, yeah, that was big for us and, and feeling comfortable going an ocean away. So. Now Kasdan, once you get here, uh, it's not long in the preseason before you are named a team captain, co-captain, along with Justin Webster, who is yeah. a sophomore. So on one hand, you've got, you know, a sophomore, which second year in the program overall as a true sophomore, you don't normally associate that as a natural captaincy position. And then in your case, a guy who is with his first year in the program coming from, you know, has played for a couple other D1 programs, also not a natural usual pick for a captaincy with a program. So uh, how would you kind of describe just how, um, you know, that came to be for the two of you and how have you tried to take on that mantle? Yeah. Um, you know, Webb, he's a stud and, you know, coming in, uh, coming in this summer for workouts and practices and all that stuff, I, I would have never thought that he was a sophomore. Like his talk, his talk is elite. You know, he has a high level of leadership and, and I really would have, you know, expected him to be maybe a junior or a senior. Um, he's an awesome, awesome guy, stud, a stud of a leader. And he's been a great captain too. Um, for me, I was, for me, I've always just had a, a leadership type personality. I've always been an over communicator and I've always, you know, tried to be a glue guy, not just only on my teams, but also like in my family and my friendships and relationships, things like that. Just be somebody who, you know, is steady. And, uh, I was a captain at, at UVU as well. And, um, when I got here, I didn't, it never, it never, you know, came into my mind to take a step back or to, you know, like be more conservative. It was almost the opposite of that. It was, I am a senior. I need to show that I'm a senior. I need to be vocal. I'm going to keep doing what I do and be who I am. And, you know, I was able to, to build some, some trust and some bonds with my teammates really quick. And it showed, and, you know, I'm, I'm very humbled and, and honored to, you know, be a captain this year. And it was a, it was a pretty young team, right? I mean, a team that had lost its multi-year captain and a guy named Drew Bugs who goes off to Missouri, maybe a team yeah. that, that was in need of uh, some leadership. Uh, I, I don't know if you're a Marvel fan, but uh, to borrow a line from Thor Ragnarok, there's a point when Loki sees a bunch of refugees and he says, you look like you're in desperate need of leadership. <laughs> and they there tell you him, go. why, thank you. Uh -huh. uh, anyway, uh, to go on a little bit of a tangent there, but, yeah. um, yeah. So Kazan, how differently are you being, uh, you know, used as far as your skill set goes compared to your past stops as a D one player, Boise state, as you mentioned, coming from Utah Valley. Uh, and then you had a junior college stop in between, right? College of Southern Idaho. Yeah. College of Southern Idaho was my very first stop. Okay. Yeah, coming out of, uh, high school oh. in, in Idaho, right? Yeah, so I graduated from high school, went on my mission, came home, didn't have any Division I offers or serious interest out of high school. I was 6'5", 175, just this, you know, Idaho skinny kid who could, who could play ball. Um, but I got home from my mission, and I was 6'7", 220. Um, so I, I grew about an inch and a half and put on 45 pounds. So that was big for me moving forward in my, you know, my interest of, of playing division one basketball. And I had a great year at the college of Southern Idaho and had a great coaching staff who, you know, helped me to succeed and to, to show what I could do. Um, 
And then I, you know, I committed and signed very early with Boise State from my year at CSI um, when I was really starting to blow up. But I decided that it was a great fit for me. It was close to home. It was in the Mountain West. It was everything that I, you know, thought I wanted to do. Um, but then when I got there, just had a, a really poor relationship with one of the assistant coaches. And it just turned out to be a really crummy year where I just didn't enjoy basketball anymore. Didn't want to go to practice. You know, I was I just lost my love for the game. And uh, at that point, you know, towards the end of the season, I decided it wasn't I wasn't going to come back to that school just because, you know, I didn't want to continue somewhere where I didn't where, where I was feeling that way. Um, so I put my name in the transfer portal and then, you know, ended up at UVU. And at UVU this last year, you know, I played a very significant role. I averaged double, double figures, um, was like 39.5% from three. Um, but I just felt like I wasn't, you know, used enough. I led the team and I led the team in, you know, three point percentage and, and shooting percentage. But I just, I was nowhere near the leader of, in attempts and three point attempts. And so I just felt frustrated because we kept losing, we kept losing, we kept losing. And it just didn't seem to be the style of basketball that I was going to be successful in. So, you know, you know, one thing leads to another and now I'm here and, you know, I had a, I had a great game, my, my career best game this last weekend. And so hopefully we can continue to build from that and I can continue to be a player that is going to help University of Hawaii, you know, win a championship this year. Yeah, yeah you finished with 26 points, as we said, 10 of 12 shooting uh, efficient stat line all, all across the board. Um, Career high by how much? Out of curiosity, do you remember what your it was? Previous it was one point higher. <laughs> okay, it was right. one point higher, but it was on. I think it was like ten shooting attempts less. You know, like that's why that game felt so good to me is because it was the most efficient game of basketball I've ever played. Where, you know, I didn't force anything. The game came naturally and just took what the game gave me. Well, there's only been four games this year. You have shot 50% or better from the field in each of those four games. That game, of course, 10 for 12, will uh, skew, skew your average in the positive direction significantly. Mm -hmm. I believe you're up to 65% uh, for the season. I don't know where that ranks among national leaders. I have to imagine it's pretty high up there. Um, I haven't looked, as I said, but uh, in any given season, I mean, that that is an elite number that – I wish you the best of luck trying to maintain that, uh, Cassie yep. Jardine, because that uh, that <laughs> that yep. is some rarefied error right there uh, for the yep. moment. Um, Cassie, I'm, I'm curious, just your overall experience as a D1 athlete, because you've been in D1 basketball for so long, um, what has this year been like when you, when you talk about from the time you got here, uh, extended pauses of activity basketball-wise, yeah. then you guys get into it, but you're only able to do – I believe what, like some very limited contact, wearing masks yeah. for a lot of it, um, very limited amounts of five-on-five -five full court basketball before the actual season starts, which of course got pushed back by, you know, a mm -hmm. month. Um, please, can you just sum up the uncertainty, the, you know, maybe frustration, just just what's it like being a Division One college basketball athlete right now? Yeah, um, you know, I'd say – Number one thing that I could say is just control what you can control. Um, it, like you said, it's been so out of our control uh, and it's been so up and down and go and stop, you know, uh, that it's been like a mental battle more so than like basketball has been in, in, in a very different way of trying to stay mentally prepared and wanting to grind and wanting to get better and wanting to be in the gym, but not being able to get in the gym and not being able to get extra time and do all of those things that are so 
natural to us as a division one athlete to, you know, get put extra time and do extra work to do all those things, but like not be able to has definitely been a different type of mental battle. And then, you know, like you said, the stop go of, you know, it was crazy because when the conference tournaments were all getting canceled last year, no one ever thought that it would, it would trickle over, I guess not trickle, but continue to waterfall into this season. Like I, I would have never thought that it would still be such a, such a, such a, you know, big deal that we're dealing with. Um, so when that continued to happen and when the summer got pushed back and then the, 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 the day to come to Hawaii kept getting pushed back, it just was like, okay, you know, just stay ready, just stay ready, just stay ready. So, uh, you know, finally we get here. And then, like you said, we were no contact at all for like a month and a half. It was only skill development and masks on and in the gym and couldn't touch another player's basketball like all of these things like that. And then I remember we cheered and we're so stoked the day that we could take the mask off. And then we were so stoked the day that we could play five on five, all the things that, you know, we've taken for granted, I guess, <laughs> but uh, that we could finally do those things again. Um, but honestly, like, and it's also been a different thing of like, uh, of keeping our bodies right, because like we can't even do treatment the way that we've done it all, all the years, you know? Like I am a, like, I'm an older guy. I know my body need, needs extra work and I'm an ice bath advocate. I love taking ice baths and like that hasn't even, that hasn't been a possibility because of restrictions and protocols and this and that. And so just, there's just been so many different variables that none of us thought would ever be variables that have happened this year that all we can do is, you know, just take it as it comes and don't get too high. Don't get too low. Just, just try to stay, stay steady and control what you can control. Kaz, and I want to say maybe slightly more than half of all the Big West, you know, matchup series between all the teams in the Big West have been canceled so far. Like week one, I think all but one or two were canceled. Yep. Maybe same thing for, for week two in which you guys had a bye week already. Um, this past week, I think actually most were able to be played in some form or fashion. It might be right around half now. How do you go into these weeks at the start of the week? Like, you know, we're talking on a, on a Tuesday, Kasdan. Are you just thinking, all right, if we get to play, great. If not, on to the next week? Or are you, like, telling yourself, oh, we're definitely playing? Like, you know, how, how are you approaching that on just a weekly basis now? You know, I – like you said, we have to prepare like we are playing. We have to. You know, you can't – we can't be like, okay, well, let's just – glide through the week and if we get to the game we get to the game we can't do that otherwise we're going to lose if the game happens you know so we have to prepare like like it's happening like there's no chance that COVID's going to cancel this game but at the same time just also you know just have that I don't know the mental awareness that if it gets canceled you can't do anything about it so okay well we got better this week regardless of us getting to play a game or not here we go to the next week. And so just got to be a, it's, it's a mental exercise every week of prepare like we're playing, but it's not the end of the world. If it doesn't, you know, like it's kind of a comical thing to talk about. Yeah. Uh, out of curiosity, what did you do for that big West opening week in the time that you would have been playing Cal Poly on that? I guess it was a Sunday and a Monday. Yeah. Was it that week? Yeah. Uh, something weird. What, what did you end up doing instead of, in the time like that seven to nine o'clock or five to seven that you would have been playing? Well, I remember it was, it was really weird because 
there was like the whole conference, like no one was playing, you know, like there was only, I think there was only one game, like you said, one series that ended up happening. And so it was just like, and it was also so weird because the rest of the country, like majority of the other conferences were playing and had even, and even had like some fans at the games and things like that. It's like, we can't even get a game. Like we haven't even played a division one basketball game yet. So when that first, that first weekend, when things got canceled, it was really like, are we ever going to play a game? It was a tough, that one, that one was a tough one when it got canceled. But um, now that we've played some, played some games and actually played division one opponents and had the conference games happen. Um, I think we're a lot more optimistic about it going forward. I have to imagine there was a sense of relief after that Friday game against Riverside this week, just getting in that first Division oh, I basketball game. For sure. Definitely. I read on your bio that uh, you were a high school valedictorian. Yeah. Were you the, the one and only at, uh, at your high school or um, how did that come I, to be? So our school, our school had multiple because it went to those with a 4.0 who were in honors classes and dual credit courses, things like that. So there was, there was a few of us, multiple of us that had, that had done those things. But yeah, I was, I was the valedictorian at my, at my, my, my high school. So. Nice job. And uh, you're yeah. doing finance now. Is that, is that what you. Uh, yeah. My, my undergraduate undergraduate degree is in uh, business management with a minor in finance. And then uh, this summer I'll wrap up uh, my master's degree in finance. I also I wanted to ask you one more X's and O's question about, uh, and I think we're coming up on about half hour, which um, I told you I'd keep it to yeah. that. Um, However long, whatever works. <laughs> thanks. Uh, how, how's the uh, the dynamic in the front court right now? I mean, you got James Jean Marie, another guy who comes in as a Division One transfer, mm-hmm. played at another school, University of San Diego last year, guy who started a lot himself. Um, so how is the, there's the sharing of responsibilities uh, playing off each other, recognizing your two skill sets. Both you guys can step out and hit the three ball uh, mm-hmm. as necessary. Um, seemed like you both have a, uh, a decent mid-range game as well. And, of course, um, James G. Murray showed some capacity to uh, stick it in the bucket from pretty much point-blank range. So what, yeah. what's that been like so far? No, it's been, uh, it's been good. Um, you know, like you said, James has a very unique skill set, and so do I. Um, it's been good that James is – been comfortable playing at the five uh, because it's been given us an opportunity to play together, um, which has been good. It's hard to guard when you have a four and a five man who can shoot the ball like we do. Um, so that's been good. Um, Mate, Mate also is a great shooter. So it's like we have, you know, three three of our, our, our bigs who are shooting at a high clip from three, and that's tough to guard. Um, also, you know, James and I, we always joke with each other, but you know, we do, we do play well on the court together when we, you know, look to make each other better. So we're tough. We're, we're, we're a tough duo to guard when things are clicking and hopefully we can continue to do that going forward. Now, James is from Montreal. I have to imagine, is, is he talking French at least part of the time out there? You know, I've actually, I don't think I've ever heard him go into, you know, go into the whole, the whole French thing. I don't think I have. So I'm going to have to maybe, get under his skin a little bit more until I can, you know, see when I can get some French to come out. Not, not one word of French so far. I mean, not that I've, not that I've heard that was audible, I guess. Wow. All right. Well, I'm going to have to have him on sometime and and just, I'm Mm going to have to have him at least tell some of the podcast listeners something in French. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Well, last question for you, Kaz, and I'll, I'll cut you loose. 
what are you expecting out of this Bakersfield team uh, this weekend? If you know, knock on wood, you guys get to lace it up twice. Yeah. Um, so I, I actually got to play against them t- two times last year in the WAC. Um, so you know, we sh- we should expect them to be to be physical. Um, I would say their physicality should be pretty comparable to that of Riverside. You know, pressure pressure the wings, pressure the guards. Um, I'm sure they're going to try to run me off the three-point line. That's what they did last year. They'll probably put a smaller guy on me um, to try and get me to not shoot threes. Uh, but they're going to crash the boards really hard. So we got to be – we just have to be ready to come for a dogfight. And, you know, we have to come out and throw those first punches because um, they're a team that is a very energetic team in regards to if a block happens or a dunk happens, you know, their bench goes crazy. And then they're hyping up off, off of each other. So – we have to come out and throw those first punches. Otherwise, we're going to be clawing our way back into the game and, and for a win. So, um, But it's definitely something that we can handle, and I think we'll be prepared for it. And a follow-up to that, Kazan, it is the, the conference home opener for you guys Friday, Saturday at the Simplify Arena. I know you haven't played a game there yet with fans. Uh, I'm just curious, what's it like playing there with no fans? You know, I, uh, I'm just curious. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 uh it's pretty weird to like look around and not and not see fans to not you know hear the chance you know, but uh, it, I feel like once the tip is up, like once the game is going, I feel like it doesn't really change that much, you know, because they have the they have the sounds going in you know over the sound system of the crowd you know going crazy when you make a shot or when a, or someone dunks it. So they've done a good job with that. At the same time, you know, we just want to compete. You know, all the rest of it really is just noise. And uh, it's been very different. Honestly, the only thing is, I like, it's just crazy that I'm here in Hawaii. I live with my wife, and she can't come and watch me play here. You know, like, that's that's the crazy thing to me. That's the thing that I – those are the things that I wish could change is, like, just family or just the people you live with could come and, and be there to support you because that's the support that, you know, you really feel. So – and I just thought of a bonus question, and I promise I'll let you go after this. What What is the uh, – on that note, you know, some some people can come to the game, family can't, or you you guys and coaches and staff, of course, can go to the game, some media members. Uh-huh. What is, the what is like, the, the COVID testing protocol like for you guys? How often do you have to get tested? Yeah, that we get tested. We get tested three times a week. Um, so then they have to be – pretty sure they have to be, like, 48 hours apart. So it's like you get tested Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and there has to be three tests every week in order to be like COVID qualified basically to play in those Friday, Saturday games. Um, and so it's, we have to make sure that all of us are, you know, doing our part outside of the court um, so that no one has a slip up because if, you know, one of us tests positive on any of those three days, then that game on Friday, Saturday, those games on Friday, Saturday are going to get canceled. So it's pretty, pretty strict protocol. Like you got to wear your mask. You don't have to wear your mask when you're on the court, sweating all over each other playing, but the instant you get off the court and are on the bench, you better be six feet apart and have a mask, on, you know, but yeah, go figure. A lot of the things don't make make sense, but we we follow the rules because we want to play. So sometimes you just got to smile and wave and and do what you got to do so that you can play the games. Is it the is it the no swab every time? Yep, the no swab, yeah. Are you um fairly tired of that at this point or you've gotten used to it? They're actually, I mean, they're not nearly as invasive as 
the, the like the early tests were, you know, the early tests, they were going up and touching your brain. These ones are, you know, like just actually in your nose area. So it's not too terrible, but now right. yeah, I'm, I'm ready to be done testing three times a week though. Well, on, on that note, we will be done with this podcast. Cass and Jardine, <laughs> thank, thank you so much for making a little time on another Big West game week. For sure. Thank you, man. Appreciate you. Appreciate being here. Thank you.